0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, we'll look at the playoff games this weekend and how Deshaun and the Texans can maybe learn from the quarterbacks and teams in the conference title games. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land, also host of the Houston Sports Talk podcast, my other gig. Also along with me is my co-host, As always, Brian Patterson, who runs and contributes to Fansided's HouseofHouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And Brian, we'll start off with the Chiefs just putting a whooping on the Colts. But before we get into that game, did you catch the Jeff Allen tweet after the game? No, I didn't. What did he say? Well, he he said, my car got stuck duck in the snow before the game and a nice guy named dave helped pull me out without knowing i was a player i want to give him tickets to the afc championship game for helping but don't have a way to contact him and then he sort of asked twitter to do its magic and lo and behold they, they found dave on the on the uh on the social media and uh so that's a pretty cool story jeff jeff uh, got some help and was able to make it to the game, former Texan. Everybody remembers him there. He's back with the Chiefs. So
1: that's kind of a cool story. Yeah, yeah, and and good for Jeff. You know, he's found a fit with the Chiefs. And um, it's just one of those stories that you just – you know, you're just happy to hear that there are good people out in this world that want to lend a helping hand. Had no idea who he was, just some big dude <laughs> that, that was stuck in the snow. And he just went and lent a helping hand. And looks, he's got tickets to the AFC Championship game.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. cool. It, it, it looked like Dave was not on Twitter, got on Twitter. He sent a video to prove that it was him. So it's just a great story. And, you know, that game... Of course, everybody saw it was out in the snow at arrowhead and uh brian the the first time that I went to arrowhead uh it was worse than that it was I went back in I, i'm guessing this was maybe eighty nine or ninety it's the first time I'd gone to Arrowhead Stadium. I was going to school up in Missouri, and the Raiders were playing the chiefs and it was raining it wasn't just cold and snowing, it was raining, it was far worse. I was so glad when we left that game and it took probably a couple of days for me to warm up. But the cool mm-hmm. part about seeing that game was the Raiders were playing and it was Bo Jackson at running back for the Raiders. So I, I got a chance to see uh, Bo himself in person, play some football. And while all the Chiefs fans were booing him because, you know, they were hating the Raiders uh, as usual, their arch rival I didn't quite get that. Cause it's like, man, it's a great story. I mean, Bo Jackson, I mean, what he was trying to do in sports was just incredible, but uh, you know, I was up there giving my standing ovation and uh, it, it gets cold. It gets really cold. If you're like in the middle of Missouri and Kansas, when there's no uh, there's no trees around you're in a stadium and you know, it's, it just, it was freezing that day. And I'm sure uh, freezing for that, for that chiefs game. And, Uh, Brian Chiefs fans not accounting themselves very well throwing snowballs a few people got hurt that's not cool you know don't don't do that it's the one thing we don't have to deal with in Houston and I get it it might be fun to throw some snowballs but man, people were getting hurt Uh, they're throwing them at photographers on the field trying to do their work cheerleaders come on people
1: Yeah, and that's the power of alcohol. That's the whole situation there. Now, I would expect this out of Patriots fans, but not Chiefs fans. I thought you guys were civilized. Now, come on now. And, uh, you know, going back to my story, you know, last time I was there was in 2013. So um, that was when Case Keenum was the quarterback for the Houston Texans. Um, The Texans were almost able to beat the Chiefs because they were still at a point in time where they, they were on the fringe of making the playoffs. And, Um, I remember that Brian Cushing went out for the season right in front of my eyes. uh, Broke his leg, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, whenever that game occurred. Beautiful stadium. Um, It was a clear day, but it was very cold. I would have to say it stayed in the mid-30s throughout the day, but it was nice and clear and sunny and um, just a beautiful day for football, but it was very cold. and um, I just have to say it's one of the most – awesome experiences i've ever had watching a football game their tailgating experience that is the only place i've been where the tailgating experience is on par with ours because they have that big parking lot that surrounds the stadium so it's conducive to the type of atmosphere that you would get like in the blue lot or um you know in the orange lot or whatnot yeah you would you would have that ex- experience uh as well so yeah, I,
0: they could barbecue as well that's the other thing they, yeah. they can do that too
1: yeah, boy, they can they can grill. I tell you what. And I had so much of it whenever I was out there because, you know, they're very, very friendly fans they are not, you know, you know, it's stuck, stuck like their nose up in the air. thought they were all that, you know, they welcome us. They, you know, the friends I went with and uh, it, it was just a very fun trip. Um, they had just redone the stadium. So it looked like that they had just put the fresh coat of paint on there. And so I would have to say up. It's up there in one of my most favorite experiences I've had, um, you know, watching a uh, football game. And not to mention, there is a lot to do in the city. Uh, the Power and Light District, if you guys have been down there, those who are listening, um, it, it, it's a they were building it together, and they had only a few bars back then. But I think it's all built out now. So I imagine it's, it's, it's an awesome place to hang out downtown.
0: Now, let's get to the games on the field. Chiefs blow out the Colts 31-13. Boy, Brian, uh, I got this one wrong. You got this game right. The Colts looked almost exactly like the Texans did last week. They just couldn't get anything going, especially in the first half, just like the Texans. It was the exact same story. And so the Chiefs move on, and the Chiefs' defense shocked the hell out of me. That's what I wasn't expecting. I thought at least they would be able to go up and down the field with the Colts. I mean, the Colts would at least be able to go up and down the field with the Chiefs, and it just didn't happen.
1: They were doing things that the Texas weren't able to do is put pressure on Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck had all day to throw, uh, you know, in the wild card game back last week. They were really able to contain him and uh, limit uh, his abilities uh, out there. So th- that was the whole part of the game plan. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, like I said, just uh, just an amazing quarterback. You know, I don't know if you give you give a guy like Patrick Mahomes just early in his career an MVP, but he certainly is worthy of consideration. Uh, there's a man down south we'll be talking about him later that's probably going to win it. But uh, yeah, a nice job by Patrick Mahomes, just clutch at such a young age.
0: All right, well, we got some more games to get to, but just a quick reminder: if you want to see all of the shows we have in the Locked On Podcast Network, check out our new website, Locked On Podcast. You can click around to see our NFL shows, our NBA, Major League Baseball. You can kind of go through all the teams that are there and that we uh, do podcasts for, college uh, teams, national fantasy and draft shows. Again, it's LockedOnPodcast.com. All right, Brian, before we get to the Rams beating the Cowboys, I'm just going to throw this stat out for you. Uh, Since the Texans franchise started, Texans, the Texans, your Texans, Five division titles, three playoff wins. The Cowboys, five division titles, three playoff wins. So, you know, the Cowboys, they're kind of a low bar, but yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. We're right there with them. But, and <laughs> Brian, the, uh, the uh, Rams did what we thought they were going to do. Uh, I think both you and I got this game right. Mm-hmm. My big takeaway was the Rams O-line just dominating the Cowboys up front. Uh, the big observation was... You know, running back C.J. Anderson, who was released by the Panthers a few weeks ago, wouldn't it have been nice to see him, Brian, in a Texans uniform? You know, he averaged seven yards per carry in two regular season games for the Rams, 5.3 yards per carry on Saturday. Uh, The Texans could have used a running back, and I I know we we all, you know, love a little Alfred Blue, maybe you do, or Lamar Miller, but C.J. Anderson, uh, that's a guy we could have used, and Deontay Foreman, who was active and didn't play on the Texans' playoff roster. You know, you could have picked this guy up, and uh, that that might have helped you this year. I mean, that's that's the thing with the Texans; they can't they can't find a running back, and and, and these guys are out there, and the Rams found them, and the Texans didn't.
1: We talked about him in the off, uh you know, going into early in the season that you know the Broncos weren't going to you know, do anything with him, because I believe that's where he was for a good chunk of his time. And, you know, the Panthers picked him up and uh, and we talked about what a nice piece he would be able to add. But, you know, the Texans were dead set on their guys on uh, Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue. Let's see what they can do. But uh, obviously, you know, with him, them being able to help him in such a short Manner, you know, and seven yards per carry—that's that's pretty impressive against even a good defense like the Cowboys. No, so.
0: seven yards per carry. It was that was in the two regular season games. Only five point three, and I say only five point three like facetiously because look, the Texans uh from Alfred Blue in his career have gotten three point six yards per carry. You know, Alfred Blue is—he's just a guy. He's third running back at best. I mean, CJ Anderson also has a good history of pass blocking, which the Texans could really use at running back. I mean, I looked at Alfred Blue's numbers, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, and, you know, this sometimes, you know, the numbers can lie, I feel like, and Alfred Blue's pass blocking numbers aren't that bad. Uh, C.J. Anderson's a little bit better over the course of his career, though, and I just I just don't understand why the Texans can't find... Guys like this, it, it, it's real frustrating. And I tell you, the other thing that I got frustrated, Brian, with over the weekend was watching these young quarterbacks. You know, Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff. Those guys. Look, I, I love Deshaun, but the the one thing that bothers me is the Deshaun Watson pre snap. He he doesn't seem to uh, be able to recognize uh blitzes. Sometimes he's not great at that. But the bigger thing is. And this is just quarterbacking 101, and you and I I have talked about it, but I watched Patrick Mahomes use hard counts, draw guys off sides. I saw Jared Goff quick snapping, uh, mixing up how much of the 42nd clock they used. Uh, These are areas where I'd like to see Deshaun Watson advance next year. You know, and Brian, I I got into some uh, back and forth with some of our Twitter followers, and I I know they want to put all of this on Bill O'Brien. And yes, Bill O'Brien, this is something that, you know that, that him and and Deshaun should be working with, but at the same time, you know it's not like Deshaun just started being a quarterback, you know, this year or last year. And Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff, these guys are, you know, Goff's been in the league one year longer. Patrick Mahomes has been in the league the same time as Deshaun Watson. This is same draft class. I mean, I get it. You know, Bill O'Brien could be coaching him up more, making this stuff happen, but. You know, I placed just as much or more of this on Deshaun Watson. This is, you know, this is just something that the good quarterbacks instinctively know how to do, I think. I I don't think somebody like Bill Belichick had to go to Tom Brady and say, hey, look, you know, maybe you should throw a hard count at a team every now and then try to draw them off sides. I mean what, what do you think? I mean how how much of this is on OB? How much of this is on Deshad? What's the percentage? 50-50, 40-60, what do you say?
1: Um I, I would have to say that uh that, that a good chunk of it is on Bill O'Brien. It's not all on him, so I would have to say it, it would be closer to a 60 or a 70-30. So more, 70 leaning toward Bill O'Brien, 30% Deshaun. Because Deshaun, you could tell he's having to create whenever the situation warrants. And uh, whatever the play call was, it may be just uh, you know falling south. And you know that comes down to the to, to coaching. And-
0: yeah, I'm not talking about after the snap, though, Brian. We're talking about this is pre-snap. This is the stuff that he can do pre-snap. And this is before plays fall apart or, you know, whatever happens once the snap goes on, you know, he, he's just not good at doing the things to keep the defense off balance. I mean, I, I heard people say, well, you know, if he didn't have to worry about the, the defense uh, crashing in the offensive lines, everybody's like the offensive line's terrible. The offensive line is not good, but it's not a disaster. And you make the offensive lines job much easier. If the defense doesn't know that you're going to bring it down to five or 10 seconds on the play clock every time. And, you know, I, if somebody out there, if somebody out there has the numbers that proves that I'm wrong, that proves that the Texans aren't doing this 95% of the time, and it, it's down to five or 10 seconds every time he snaps the ball. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see it. And I, and I also, I just haven't seen Deshaun get any of defensive guys. You know, I haven't seen a lot of guys jumping offsides because of Deshaun Watson. I mean, you know, I, I, Maybe it's happened uh, here and there, and I- I'm forgetting about it, but th- that's something I'd like to see, especially the thing that I know that he's not doing is just, he's not varying it up because I- I'm watching the playcock every play, Brian, and he's not varying it up, and-, and that's that hasn't changed. I mean, disagree with me if you want to, but it hasn't changed since he's been the quarterback.
1: I'm trying to remember if he did that at Clemson uh, as well, were those habits there as well. I just don't think that that's part of – Of what he does, he'll just wait after the snap and and work his magic. But, yes, I think Bill O'Brien does need to work on that. But, ultimately, you know, you you could say that, you know, that was preventing the Texans from advancing. Or, But 11 wins is 11 wins. And they did make the playoffs, but it was a, you know, terrible performance in the wild card game. Yeah,
0: and, and look, it's not one thing. It's just it's all of these little things that the Texans have got to do better. It's just the little things that they've got to do better, the little things that Deshaun's got to do better. You know, it, again, you know, I, I, I critique Deshaun in some places and other places. Look, he, he doesn't throw a ton of interceptions. He he got better at that. He's learned. He's, you know, that's changed. And, you know, it's getting rid of the ball quicker. It's it's just these little things that it's the difference between you're 11 and 5 and playing in a wild card and maybe you're 12 and 4 and playing in the conference championship game next week. You know that's that's all there is to I I mean I I don't want to say anything about more about that I want to hear from everybody that's out there You know give me uh, what your thoughts are at Mail.com. I know my Twitter fans out there uh tw- our Twitter followers uh they had thoughts on this I want to hear from the from the crowd on this one too I you guys uh, l- let us know what you think about that one Brian I I know you had to work on Sunday, Sunday but one team that you didn't miss playing uh, on Sunday was the Chargers because they didn't show up. Uh, <laughs> d- d- don't don't be fooled by this forty-eight twenty forty-one twenty-eight final. Uh, it was thirty-eight to seven in the third quarter, and I don't know about you, it brought back some. Oh, those fun memories of the Texans' famous uh, letter jackets debacle back in 2012 against the Patriots. It was that bad.
1: I was at that game, too, the one up at uh, Foxborough, and, uh, you know, wildly reminiscent of that. I thought that Phillip Rivers was just going to to show up, but, you know, he – I don't know what happens whenever he gets in this situation. When you're all so close, when you've got the team uh, to to advance – you know, Tom Brady just seems to to wreck everybody's dreams. And you know, it, it, it's you know Sony Michelle. Who would have expected that he would have emerged and had uh, such a terrific game? He had three of the Patriots. I believe what five touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. So the the Patriots had smoke and mirrors. They always figure out a way when you think that they're down and out, that the dynasty is over. They find a way to win, and there you go. They're back in the AFC Championship. I cannot believe it.
0: Chargers defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. Everybody that listen to this, listen to this. I know you remember. He was the head coach at Jacksonville. Just yeah. no answer for Brady and the Patriots. Eight straight conference championship appearances for the Patriots. Meanwhile, the Texans slash Oilers haven't seen a conference title game in 39 years. I hate to bring it up, but... oh. Facts. I got facts. sick to my stomach. <laughs> yeah, facts are facts on that one. Um, <laughs> uh, Patriots. Patriots defensive coordinator Brian Flores looks to be the future Dolphins head coach. He's looked great, but Brian, let's 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 just remember this before he goes over to the Dolphins as the head coach. And this he's only been he's only been one year. You know, uh, Matt Patricia uh, was the defensive coordinator. Uh, just a, a little heads up for the for the Dolphins though. The other Patriots defensive coordinators under Bill Belichick who become head coaches. Eric Mangini, Matt Patricia, Romeo Crennel. It hasn't gone well. It hasn't gone well there.
1: Yeah, yeah when they've begun, gone on to head coaches. Now, Matt Patricia, you know, that storybook is still being written. So we'll see if, if he improves. But again, he took the Lions job. So he didn't necessarily inherit a lot of great pieces. Uh, there are some, there's some talent there. But
0: they were better last year uh, without Matt Patricia. Yeah. You know, the, the record was better.
1: Oh, yeah. So so a lot of work to be done. The thing is, with me, with Flores, uh, he was never named the defensive coordinator. He was the linebacker's coach. I think Belichick would refuse to give him, you know, the glory of that title until he proved himself. And the Dolphins still want to hire him based off of him, maybe calling the plays, because that's the way they said, maybe Brian will be calling the plays. Belichick may have call you know a good chunk of those because that's what he does that's yeah
0: it's it, we know it's Belichick I mean come yeah. on
1: we we know so it. why are, why are you interested in Brian Flores you know you may be making another coaching change in a couple of seasons I just don't get the Dolphins I really don't
0: congratulations Brian I think you were four for four on your picks and uh the, the Saints Saints took care of business uh you you got them all all right I mean all it was it was uh it was all home teams if i i'm trying to go back yeah yeah it was all the home teams won everybody that got the bye won i mean the that extra week matters and that's another thing that Does. another lesson for the texans get the bye get that extra week get the one of the top 2 records for next year um that that's been a, a, a
1: pretty decent formula over the last few years yes yes and that that's that's just the way to get it done uh you know with with the playoffs, it's it's just been exciting to watch the games I've been able to see uh, so far. Um, we didn't expect Winter Storm Gia to to be any type of factor, uh, but you know they were shoveling snow and you know cl- clearing off the field two hours before. You know it was going to be like a, a snowball of uh, sorts. You're, but, talking about, you're talking about uh, you go back to the cheese, the cheese, the, cheese and Colts. Yeah, yeah, that that was uh, yeah, yeah. They, they were I, using
0: I rubber that, hoses to knock uh, some of the snow off the the seats wow. before the game. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and before before you go back to the Chiefs game, just uh, Drew Brees, it's going to be Drew Brees and against the Rams. And uh, this is kind of an old school NFC West showdown. We'll preview the the conference championship games. But, you know, the, the, the Saints, uh, they pulled out that game against the Eagles, the, the Nick Foles. Fun run has closed out, but, you know, just uh, you got to tip, tip your cap to the Eagles for for getting back into it, getting this far. And we also got to give out our best to Brandon Brooks, a uh, former Texan who tore his Achilles in the Saints loss. And th- that's always, as we know, difficult to come back from. So our best to, to Brandon Brooks. Uh, a couple other things I want to get to, uh, Brian, before we close it out, but just uh, want to remind everybody to... Uh, spread the word about the show. We've also added a way for you to be a part of the conversation. Just dial 903-265-9629. Leave a voicemail. You can ask us a question. You can give us a comment. We will put it on the podcast if you do that. And you can also, of course, email lockedontexansatmail.com as well. And remember uh, that uh, if you got that new smart speaker for the holidays, just say play podcast locked on Texans that's all you got to do and you got us whenever you want us wherever you are close to that smart speaker real easy to do a couple of days ago we talked about our old friend Gary Kubiak taking the offensive coordinator job for Vic Fangio in Denver well not so fast Brian looks like there were differences on who he could hire as assistant coach so Kubiak withdraw withdrew and uh There's even chatter about him. This makes me a little bit nervous, Brian. There's some chatter about him taking the the Jacksonville job. And if that happens, maybe he gets reunited with Joe Flacco. And that's not good for the Texans. I don't want Kubiak. He's a good offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, going into the division. Yeah, I I just would, would hate for that to happen. But... You know, Kubiak is just, you know, wherever he goes, he's just turned things into gold, especially as offensive coordinator. Um, so it, it, it's its going to be tough depending on what quarterback they get. And it's a good chance that they would get Joe Flacco, maybe even Nick Foles. Whatever quarterback he coaches, they're going to be gold because look what he has been able to do with quarterbacks over his career. And we, there's a long list. He has turned them into stars. Remember, lest we not forget Matt. Shaw went to a Pro Bowl. He has one Pro Bowl under the belt. He won MVP, so that goes to show you uh, what coaching can do and what it can turn you into. Matt Schaub is still employed in this league right now. He can thank Gary Kubiak for that as well.
0: Yeah, again, you you always want to throw out Pro Bowl stuff that he he got there because of injuries. Pro Bowls to me are just kind of, you know, we see injuries, we see guys pull out because they don't want to go. We see, you know, some guys can't go because you know they they're they're playing in the in the Super Bowl it just i don't know to me the pro bowl thing not that big a deal now what is a big deal is when you get a couple of all pros uh and you're one of the better offensive linemen that have played in the game and former Miami Dolphins guard Bob Kuchenberg he was just that uh just got to uh send out a condolences because he passed away this weekend age 71 he was a member of the undefeated 17 and 0 team. Nobody had to drop out for that. There's no, uh, you know, this isn't a participation award. 17 and 0 is the real deal. And uh, also, on this date, as we're recording this, Brian, 44 years ago, Bob Kuchenberg was opening holes for Larry Zonka at the Super Bowl to help him win the MVP and the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. That game played right here in our backyard in Houston at Rice Stadium. So uh, condolences to to the Kuchenberg family and and sad news in the NFL. Also, uh, J.J. Watt was tweeting out uh, this weekend on the demolition of the Bradley Center in Milwaukee. And J.J. said, you know, he tweeted, got weirdly emotional watching this. So many moments that shaped my love for sports were in that building, chasing the blimp, uh, trying to catch tickets, Uh, watching Ray Allen light it up, uh, begging for pucks before Admirals games and getting to play there myself as a kid. So JJ even got to play there as well. JJ says, uh, so many memories. Uh, So the Bradley Center, they just uh, did the implosion, Brian. Uh, By the way, the Admirals games, he mentions the Admirals games. Any guess what the Admirals are?
1: Do you know? I know he's said old enough for the ABA, but it sounds like a basketball team, if I'm not mistaken. No, <laughs> no, nope, 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 not basketball. Uh, the Milwaukee
0: Admirals were in the American Hockey League. Some of you Arrows fans might remember because they they played the Arrows in the playoffs. Uh, maybe it was 13 years ago or so. They're basically the AAA for the Nashville Predators. But uh, yeah, just some just some stuff there with uh, JJ. That you know, it, JJ's always got interesting tweets, so I had to throw that out there. Um anything else before we go Brian? I think that's all I got for this one.
1: Oh, that's that's pretty much all I have too. Uh yeah, I have been to the Bradley Center. Uh, it was a few years ago. Uh, Rockets and Bucks. Uh, I was able to travel up there. Um it, it was kind of falling apart at the seams, so it's good they got a new arena, uh, but uh, Milwaukee's a really fun town, especially their their downtown area. It does have a lot to do down there, so uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's all I really want to add here, and uh, looking forward to these championship games coming up next weekend. Yep, and don't forget
0: com, our website HouseOfHouston.com, Brian's uh, website and his work over there, Houston Sports Talk, my podcast. Uh, check all of those out If you can, that's all we got for Locked On Texans. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.